Hey everybody, SAG After has just released their guidelines for podcasters, and they've asked that we do not cover struck content, which is films, TV shows, and for us, that means things like Ahsoka, Star Wars Rebels. So, in solidarity with the artists, SAG AFTRA, and the writers at WGA, we will not be covering those things on our podcast. We will not be releasing our Ahsoka episodes until the strike is done. Uh, we've already co- recorded uh, many of our Star Wars Rebels rewatch episodes. We're going to be holding on to those till after the strike is over. For now, our podcast is going to focus on Star Wars books, Star Wars comics, Star Wars video games, uh, which is not struck content. And not to worry, there's plenty of Star Wars out there that isn't on the screen that maybe a lot of you guys are missing. So please stick with us. Please keep listening. Uh, please enjoy. Uh, we stand in solidarity with the artists. We believe that they sh- they deserve to get uh, better residuals um, and protections against AI and for their work of bringing us all the things that we've loved. Uh, these These shows, these series, these movies that we've watched and enjoyed our entire lives. Um, so thank you for listening. If you're looking for more ways to help head over to the SAG after website or the WGM website, I know there's uh, lots of ways to get involved. They have lots of FAQs for influencers, podcasters, journalists, non-union members, all kinds of, uh, different things out there that ways that you can get involved and stand up for, uh, the artists. Thank you guys so much for listening and may the force be with you. Everybody and welcome to the Rogue Rebels podcast. The vibe is a little bit different because I'm in the middle of some weather and I'm finding my center. Not quite in the center of the hurricane, but close enough. Hey, my name's Sal. I'm one of your hosts today. I'm your only host, but that doesn't mean that I'm alone because I don't do these shows alone. Who do I look like? A person that does shows alone? Hey, with me today is a very special person who's really good at doing shows alone from Jam Transmissions. This is my boy, Rick Villanueva. Well, hello there. How's it going? Not bad, buddy, all things considered. How about you? I'm all right. I, I feel like I should, uh, I should open up my umbrella, even though I'm miles and miles and miles and miles and miles away from you, but uh, I can hear that rain back there. Oh, okay. I was like, are you like blocking sunshine? What's happening over there? No. I'm, okay, uh, I'm yeah. actually, there's a swimming pool close by. It's very, it was really hot today over here, Michigan summer. Yeah. But, uh, I know, man, things are good. Things right are on. good. More of a sympathy umbrella than anything. Right. A parasol. Gotcha. Gotcha. I get yeah. it. I get I'll, it. I'll put, yeah. it, I'll put an umbrella in my drink. No, this is SoCal, man. We use umbrellas for everything. Rain, shine, drinks. It's all good. Transportation. Mm-hmm. Transportation. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe like in, maybe in a couple hours, I'll let you know how that goes. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, it's good times. We're just uh, hanging out over here, and uh, as I said before, we're gonna be talking to comic books. We're gonna talk about the High Republic Adventures, Phase Two, the entire series, ten issues from Daniel Jose Older, uh, Harvey Tolibau, and is it Tony Bruno? Tony Bruno are the like main artists for the series. Uh, you know, I dig that High Republic 
stuff, and you know, you also know I dig my Daniel Jose older content. Definitely one of my favorite authors in the mix in the Star Wars mix right now. Uh, but yeah, uh, what about you, Rick? How are you uh, feeling about the High Republic these days? I okay. I, I need to put this disclaimer on it first since the book isn't out yet, but having read uh, Tales from Light and Life, uh, mm-hmm. short storybook, mm-hmm. I'm way hyped. Like, I love The Higher Public anyway, but reading that book and gearing up for Phase 3 has me really, really excited. And I don't want to talk specifics about that book yet because it's not out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, plug for my show, I did a spoiler-free review of it uh, a week or two ago. So you can kind of hear my thoughts and I can, I don't spoil anything. Just kind of like yeah. general thoughts about each of the stories and kind of what they're about. But um, that book got me really, really happy. I love the way phase two ended. Mm-hmm. Um, the structure of phase two was a lot different than phase one. But I, the only thing that gets me down about phase two is I, I kind of feel like it's going to be some time before we get to reconnect with some of these characters. Yeah. And I, there's some things that I want to know that, weren't directly answered by the end of the phase mm-hmm. uh yeah i kind of talked about this with uh let's see i think i did i did like cataclysm an episode on cataclysm with king tom and i think laura and i from uh force toast talked path of vengeance and like we all kind of you know their uh, phase two ends with some questions you know what i mean so mm-hmm. like you get answers to some things that you thought and then you get answers to things that you didn't think, and then you still have some questions unanswered or some new questions. Uh, you know, if you've been like keeping up with everything uh, the way that I do, you, there there are still a few things. And like tales from light and tales of is it tales from no tales of light and life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love anthologies in general. I think I've been pretty vocal about that before because I always I love seeing these. Generally, you get to see things that you would never get in other. You're not going to get a whole book about a stormtrooper that likes dobacks or, you know, uh, right, right. a guy in Echo Base that, like, uh, delivers everybody's calf or whatever. But, like, it's really, really cool to see all of these neat little shades of little things. And, like, not that they're I don't want to call them hit and miss. I just want to say that, like, the stories are so varied and so um, like there's always going to be something for you. You know, mm-hmm. if you're looking, if you're digging into a book, that has got 10 stories. Chances are at least one of them's going to like be perfect for you, even if they aren't all that. But Stories of Light and Life, like you said, I, I just finished it also. I think the same thing. It's really, really good. I also really like that it spans the breadth of phases. So, you know, we do get to see some familiar faces from phase one and phase two and catch up on their stories a little bit. So like things like that, uh, I you know, especially for those of us that are really worried about our phase two people and being like, when are we ever going to see him again? Well, you, you might get a little something, you know, soon. Uh, so that's cool. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things that I really liked about the book was the fact that it was laid out chronologically. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not going to, I don't want to give anything away, but you know, it starts with some phase two, you know, characters. Right, and right. by the end of the book, it's, there's like five stories, four or five stories that, kind of run concurrently and kind of take place or they, they run past the end of like the fallen star or right. midnight horizon. Right. But nothing super major happens in those. It just, it's kind of like 
it's laying the seeds. And I mean, there's two new characters yeah. that are in the book too at the end that we'll probably see more of mm-hmm. in phase three. Um, but like in general, the High Republic for me has been such a breath of fresh air because it almost feels like a Star Wars Elseworlds where it's like it's way earlier in the timeline and nothing of this time as of yet connects to any of the major players like in the saga. You know what I mean? Like in the movies and stuff yeah, that we've gotten. Yeah. So it almost feels like in a way it's, it's like this alternate timeline Star Wars because it's still 100% Star Wars, but it's like this other thing. Um, and right. I love the fact that it's disconnected. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. way early on, me and Pete and I talking on Jam Transmissions a long time ago about like what Star Wars was going to be like after Episode Nine came out, and what um, what kind of stories we were going to get. And it was like, I want something new. I want something fresh. I want, you know, of course I'm going to want to know more about Luke, Leia, Han, and all the you know the familiar characters. But to have something of these all new characters with totally unique skill sets or, or perspectives, you know, stuff like that mm-hmm. um, has been one of my favorite things. Like when these books come out and I mean, I, and I have to say this for myself and, and I say this in a very humble way, like it being added to the reviewer list and being able to read some of these books early for review has been like such a blessing because like the anticipation for these books, like it sucks <laughs> to have to wait until release. <laughs> and, and I know like how lucky we are to have, advanced you know copies to be able to read this stuff and so like it's on the one hand it's like you 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 cut down the wait time to read the thing Mm -hmm. but it lengthens the amount of time that you can't talk about it before like embargoes before the thing releases right so you'll you kind of have to live with the secret for a little bit of you know something shocking that happens in a book or you know or what i have now with reviewing for pro or doing the quick shots for pro axiom getting to read the books a little bit early to do the quick shots and stuff like that. And like sitting on some of that information without can't really talk about it. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Until the, until the, the, the content is on the public. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, but it, it, it is totally a blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Dude. I really like, you know, of course I love getting all the advanced stuff in general. Like just for me, I get to s- live with those books for a little while, but it also gives me a little bit of time sometimes. Cause I don't, you know, I'm not a King Tom over here who is like data input and processed in like three (laughs) seconds when the book comes out so like even when i get the review copies early you know like it still takes me time to go through it Mm -hmm. uh, and get my reviews ready and everything and so i really do enjoy that um but i mean just like i'm in it for the stories like i've always just loved stories and like you were talking about these things being their own thing so separated it is a little bit refreshing and i'm gonna be that guy to be like oh i don't have to worry about like darth vader showing up in this one you know what I mean? Like, which is like, it's almost, uh, it's not like a, uh, it's a thing that happens often enough that it can be a funny joke in stuff that we're related and no matter what the timeline is. It, it, it'll, oh, I guess this is like Darth Vader's lightsaber, or I guess this is Darth Vader, or I guess this is, oh, look, it's the Emperor's this, or Count Dooku's that. In all these times that are so familiar where they have all these hard lines to tie into a movie or, you know, a more familiar piece of media. A lot of times we do see those things. And I really enjoy it when it's not that huge things. Like when I watch a show called Obi-Wan Kenobi and then he's like, Quinlan was here. That's rad. But then, of course, also, <laughs> yes, of course, Darth Vader is going to show up in that show. That's right, not a right. surprise. Um, you know, but just think like I like I like I like the world being so unfettered. And so like I feel like the creators have the freedom 
not to worry or even like they're free to do with their story. And I think that's that's why uh, for me that this these uh, these this whole f- uh, publishing phase or, or I don't know what you publishing initiative, they call it, is so strong. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's like creators got to play in the Star Wars sandbox and the High Republic authors are like in the rest of the playground. You know gotcha, what I mean? Like, gotcha. it's, yeah, like yeah, yeah, the yeah. borders are completely separated from like. I mean, it's is, like they're making the their own sandbox. You know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It, and it's really cool to have for anybody who listens to my show, and you've been on my show, like how I talk about perspectives. To have all of these fresh authors come in and put their spin on these characters, and you know, when I talked about when I did the review for Path of Vengeance, talking about like what what personally did Kevin Scott put into that book knowing the things that he was tweeting about, about mm-hmm. like mental health and the way people were treating him online and stuff like that. Like some of that to me feels like it comes through in the book because you have these characters that are dealing with a trauma or uh, regrets or mistakes, you know, things like that, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the what ifs that we all that keep us up at night and knowing that he went through that stuff personally, at least going side into, you know, to what was the creative period of the book it lends that much more realism to these like crazy wacky stories. Same thing when talking about Rise of the Red Blade, like what Delilah Dawson went through mm-hmm. that she inputs into these stories and like having all of these fresh voices come in and be able to tell these stories and put their spins and their perspectives on it is something that I really appreciate it. Because it seemed like reading a lot of the EU stuff, which I, I really enjoy, but I, I don't know if there was a lot of that personal input in those stories. Um, and, and there's a lot of books that I've forgotten because, you know, I was reading some of those books 30 years ago, but I, you know, I don't read, I didn't read Revan and have the same knowledge of what Drew Carpishan was going through at the time. You know what I mean? Like, I I didn't read it when it came out. Uh, So like, I wasn't aware and, you know, social media wasn't a thing to know like what Drew was feeling, you know, he wasn't like live blogging his life at the same time. And I like that, you know, we have access to these authors the way that we do with social media, yeah, um, to kind of know what this stuff is like feeding into these stories. Yeah. I mean, not to like throw any shit. Like I, I do feel like in uh like, that's something that I like, I see it now often. Like I, and, and to put it another way, I see it come off the page from the author. Like when I read a book of an author who really lo- like that or create, like whatever the creators are, like I can see it and I can feel it when I'm reading whatever the thing is. Mm-hmm. So like it jumps off the page to me. So, uh, and that's a thing that mm-hmm. I didn't feel so much back in the EU, like you were talking about, but also like the, uh, I, I did happen sporadically. Like I, I definitely felt that with like the X-Wing books, mm-hmm. like it's clear that those people loved what they were doing and they put their own quirks and like created their own care, like really loving characters that they paid attention to, you know what I mean? And I think, I wonder if part of the reason was because they were so bound by these, the main three and the, this and that, that like they didn't have that freedom to inject their own love into it or whatever. Right. Or right. if it's, <clears throat> or conversely, if it's the people that they are hiring now are people who have loved this thing like we do since they were kids. You know what I mean? Like, cause that, it could just be generational too, but I see it jump off the page. When EK Johnston writes about Padme, I can see that she's thought about this and loved this character since she was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, when Delilah, writes these badass characters i can see that she pays special attention and cares about them the way that we do when whoever you know what i mean like uh there's a lot of that now 
like and not just with books like i can see it in the comic book like like this series that we're about to talk about daniel jose elder really like he really gives us a fresh world from his lens and that's something that that's what draws me to that author like daniel jose elder has a very unique voice that i connect to i was just gonna say that like of all of the let's just say of the five architects here Uh you know the, the five original authors of the high republic DJ Older has, I think, the most unique voice uh, on the page. Like, I remember the first time reading Last Shot, and he has a way of injecting, like, real-world, like, slang or colloquialisms Mm -hmm. that, like, Mm -hmm. on the surface, like, they used to take me out of the story. Like, what? Why would he? They don't, I've never heard anybody in Star Wars say anything like that, but now I've come, like, that's... It's become part of the window dressing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's he's he's normalized it for me in a way that like when I do hear something kind of goofy like that, I'm like, yep. Even if I didn't know it was like his name was on the cover of the book and I just read it, I'd be like, oh yeah, this is a Daniel Jose Elder joint right here, man. Like yeah, he's throwing yeah. in all kinds of slang nonsense, and you know, I, and it was jarring at first, but now I'm like, that's just how my man writes. Yeah. So that's Star Wars for him. Yeah, no, I love it. And I love that it it's, it almost makes things feel, at least to me, usually it feels more grounded. It feels like like he has a way of injecting real world things into there in ways that make that world feel real as opposed to taking away from the fantasticness of Star Wars. Like, I mean, uh, di- didn't, he, didn't he write in Last Shot that Han was basically stepping on like space Legos? Yeah. And, like, the baby kicks him in the face when he's, like, in bed. (laughs) That's all real stuff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? In the same book where there's, like, a psycho robo-surgeon, cyborg, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, he he hits all these things, uh, like, very, like, mixed, like, from all these different, like, tonal, which is, like, a very George Lucas thing. Like, you take all these different genres and create something. Like, DJ will take something like a very, like, horror-centric villain a very real life midlife crisis of dudes with babies, you know, or who are about to get married and having midlife panic attacks, you know, into a fantastical world of rebels and robots and, you know, galactic consequences. You know what I mean? Like, like fitting all that stuff together, as we know, is like kind of a special thing, but able to put, being able to do that and put your own spin on it, like is something I respect. Yeah, I, and I wonder now, like, how much of his um, growing into fatherhood, you know, is going to make it into these stories. Right. Like, are, are we going to feel more of that mentorship? Which he writes really well anyway, but mm-hmm. are we going to feel more of that as he's, you know, raising his son with his wife now? Like, I, I look forward to that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, having the accessibility to these, to these authors and kind of having them be willing to share things in their personal lives you know, to an extent, it just, to me, it adds more context to the stories. For sure. Yeah. I just like, you know, it's, it's good stuff and it's good authorship. It's good writing. And it, for me, it like pulls me into the story a lot. Um, yeah. And it just, it feel, it's like, it's like making something feel more authentic by making it feel, it's like the writing equivalent of lived in, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And that's, I, I dig that. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, real quick, check us out at theroguerebels.com. Go like our Facebook page. We're on Instagram, TikTok, Blue Sky, Hi, whatever else comes up in the next couple of days at The Rogue Rebels, except for Twitter, or the artist formerly known as Twitter, where we are Rogue Rebels fam. Um, 
Yeah, good times. Where can people find you on the interwebs, bud? Right now, primarily on Twitter and Blue Sky at Cadbane's Bounty. And you can follow the show if you want on Twitter at JTComlink and on Blue Sky at JamTransmissions.com. Uh, or the easy way to find all of that stuff is to go to the website, JamTransmissions.com, and you can find links for all the different ways to listen. You can find links to all of my friends' shows, including the Rogue Rebels. Uh, link to my T Public where I got a couple shirts up and you know all of that fun stuff. Cool. All right, let's see. I'm going to go through some spoiler summaries for both series, and then we're just going to talk about the comics and all that good stuff. So let's see. The uh, first, like, it's it's ten issues. You know what? I'm just going to talk about it like a thing because I didn't write anything. So here we go. Uh, <laughs> yes, I am a professional. <laughs> so uh, the High Republic Adventures, Daniel Jose Older, it's basically focuses on a Padawan named Sav Maligan at the Jedi Temple on Takodana. But... Sav Maligan thinks the coolest thing in the world is pirates and Maz Kanata's castle is right across the lake. So every night she kind of sneaks over there and like lives a pirate life and enjoys the pirate world until one day she goes undercover to join a pirate troop. Uh, Maz Kanata gets kidnapped. They get in a fight with the Dank Grax and then she goes double undercover to join the Dank Grax to find out where they're keeping Maz Kanata, which takes them all to the Battle of Jeddah. Where they, uh, you know, you face off against Irem, Aroni, Jedi, and all the chaos that's going on over there. Uh, complete with a whole cool pirate crew, plus the Dank Grax, which are like evil, somewhat force culty pirates. Uh, where we find out that the uh, whole thing was a ruse to go back and take Takodana, so they return to reclaim Maz's castle and help their buddies out uh and sav ultimately decides that she needs to be a padawan and a pirate because both things are rad boom that's the gist of the entire story but it is super funny it is like they're like massive battling set pieces especially on the battle of Jeddah. you got people like dexter jetster and therm scissor punch maz kanata and then some few new characters like the Dankrax dude, which I forgot his name, Alex, no, Arkic Vaughn, and he looks like a Geonosian, but I think he's like a sorcerer, an ex-sorcerer of Tuned. Like all the Dankrax are like ex-force cult people, so they're like somewhat forcey, but like not quite. And then um, that's how they work their ship. But we also get to see like. A lot of the, uh, what's the stuff? Like the Irem and Irono soldiers that we've read about in three or four books, if we've been keeping up with the High Republic stuff. Now you get to see it on the page. Uh, that was kind of cool. But yeah, that's the gist of it. That's my summary. Thank you for your time, Your Honor. Uh, <laughs> let's see, man. What do you. I, Sav Maligan is like the coolest little adorable child. Yeah, Sav is like, Sav was in Phase 1 of the yes. High Republic. So for anybody who read all the Phase 1 comics but didn't read these, this is Sav much younger. She's like 16 or 17 right mm -hmm. now, I think. And obviously there's, what is it, like 150 years between Phase 1 and Phase 2. Yeah. She's much older in Phase 1, obviously. She's... You know, she's, she, she'd been through some things. Mm -hmm. um, 
but to see her at this point in her life where she is struggling with who it is that she wants to be and seeking that adventure um and not like the rigidity of the jedi of the time which even which it's not that rigid it's very jello rigid if you will um and uh yeah the the this like the first issue of this book uh you know i remember reading this thing and being like okay we got 10 issues this is like it's a younger reader type comic i know dj likes to write some fun stuff and i think when i started this book just like personally my own headspace i was not ready for it like i was in a little bit of a funk at the time and like things are much better now but as the series went on and then there was the delay at the end of the series so i think like the last two or three issues all came out right within a week of each other yeah um I felt so good about who these people are and like the journey of discovery that they almost all go through. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, it's weird to say, and, cause like comics generally don't do this books would do this more so, but like this book, this series like cu- helped get me out of that funk because it was so fun and having a character like Sav be like, I love doing pirate stuff, but I, I'm still a Jedi. Yeah. And like having to, um, find that balance within herself. I like the, uh, like just Sav as a general character. Like if you met her in phase one, she's like the elder Jedi at Takodana who like was there when court was little or whatever. And like the, the Nile attack Takodana castle. And Sav is like, well, this can't stand. And she like goes and she's like jumping from ship to ship, destroying them with lightsabers. Like it's some very like super crazy, jedi things and then she's like yeah and get out and stay out <laughs> like as the battle ends and stuff so then to flash back when she's young and she's just like man being a jedi is so boring like they just want you to admit it. and it's not even that she like doesn't like jedi things it seems like like it's not like uh it's not it's nothing like inquisitor rise of the red blade or anakin where you have these problems with attachment or anything she's just like this is boring. I love adventure. It's a little more like Luke Skywalker if, if I had to compare it to anything. Luke is right. just bored of his life on that damn farm. What are we farming? Water? Are you serious? Well, it, it can't help that she's basically, she lives across the lake from like the cool camp. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That does got to <laughs> be tough. Like, she got sent off to do like, like she learned she's like doing like menial chore camp and right across yeah. the way is like, bill murray and meatballs is happening and she's like yo i want to go hang out with those folks and she goes over there and hilarity ensues yeah she 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 lives at the orphanage on the other side across the street from disneyland (laughs) yep and she's like you know it would be awesome a pirate ride right about now um and like while the series starts off definitely focused on her by the time you get through the series there's like all the little pirate crew like our characters and are fun and interesting in their own way. Um, like this is, you know, like getting into like a little bit of DJ Elder's tone. There are so many of these things that are like funny to me that he does sometimes. And one of them is like the way that the characters speak. <laughs> and so there's a, uh, like very first, like it's in the first issue, like you were talking about, she's like sneaking out and she's like every night I like, and it's kind of all of her like little head, you know, like, obviously, she's not talking to anybody. She's talking to us, the mm. reader, but she's really talking to herself, you know. Um, and she's like, that's why every night I, like, sneak out. Da-da-da-da-da. And it's like there's a little uh, 
Like there's a little fairy boat with a fairy boat droid that takes her across the lake. And the little droid is like, ah, yes, the Padawan returns. One credit for the blah, blah, blah. You know, and then she's like, okay, like, here's two credits. Like, please be quiet. Ah, yes, a covert mission. of blood. <laughs> It's not a covert mission if you're being so loud. And like stuff like that just makes me laugh. That's like glorious and wonderful. And that's such a Star Wars like giving the droids quirks and just like these little things that that are fun and silly like r5 being scared for no real reason l3 wanting droid freedom you know like yeah i i see i love that kind of stuff too it's all of that like situational humor it's very it's not a one-to-one but it feels like the same way han solo is in the movies where he's he's just responding to what's happening around him Mm -hmm. and to have this droid who doesn't know how it doesn't have a whisper setting <laughs> it's just like <laughs> we're off on an adventure and it's like yo it's midnight and everybody's asleep yes sleeping they are yes you are uh-huh. correct it's like all right yes. keep it down man. of course we shall sneak <laughs> yeah it's so good uh you know and so like i said dexter jetsters it's it's a good month for dexter jester by the way Hell yeah. um it's gonna be so the uh dexter jester is part in this story too as well as maz Kanata. we already know she was around for a thousand years same castle same things and i don't know about you but i played so much damn battlefront that like when i'm looking at these these uh i'm guessing the artists got a lot of the same concepts and renders from battlefront that i have mm-hmm. played through because a lot of the backgrounds as she's going through the ca- she goes to the entryway and i'm like oh yes i've been through that entryway and slashed people to death or blown them up without inversio or whatever it is Oh, yes, this is the top of the parapet. This is where I run and hide and then hit somebody with a shock droid while I like blast them so they can't reflect the lightsaber thing. This um, is where the lightsaber is going to be hidden. Yeah. Ah, this is where Boba Fett blew me off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, like, just, I don't know, like, little things like that, like familiar settings, because that's, like, the tie. If you have no other tie, like, if you were a general Star Wars fan who didn't read High Republic, you'd be like, oh, Maz Kanata's castle. There's a weird little Jedi that likes to go hang out there. 400 years ago mm-hmm. but like the setting is so well defined and interesting and in the art that you could be like oh yes i was there or maybe that's just me because i play too much battlefront hey leave me alone ain't nothing wrong with that man i didn't say i was good at it um let's see so sav and and like part of like in this story it starts off and she's like i want to hear his like because dexter jester is there and so like that's a special thing like, oh, my God, this, like, guy comes by once in a while, and his stories are so good. And they end up, like, finding, is it the, uh, the I forgot the bad guy's name again, Arkik, Arkik Vaughn. Yeah. The guy who's the leader of the Dank Grax that, like, they come upon him in a forest trying to, like, with some droid soldiers, and they kill them all. And then she's like, okay, don't tell them, because she kills them with lightsabers. And she's like, please don't tell anybody I'm an undercover Jedi. And he's like, ah, don't worry about it. So then they get back, and he tells the whole story about, like, well, we win and we and she helped me, you know, she's a cool little pirate, you know, and she like he Dexter keeps her secret. And then Maz is like, well, you want to join the pirate crew? And of course, like this, like little teen, it's like the greatest thing in the world. It's like, yeah, that's I know I'm trying to think of a real life. Any movie you've seen where the, the kid wants to do something and looks up to their hero and then they're like, why don't you come hang out? We could use you on our team. That's that moment. Let's go with the Lost Boys. It's like the Lost Boys when, okay, that's what, good. like the last one becomes a vampire, and it's like you get to hang out with us, but we're freaky. Look at our faces <laughs> in the dark. <laughs> that movie holds up so much. 
tell you. Yeah. Have you, you know, the, the, the rest of the villains, when they show in issue two, uh, like the other, the rest of the crew, what is it like? The Dankrax, uh, right? Dern, Syakim, and uh, Lavalox, gotcha. Verzin. Mm-hmm. I got the page open. Like I would not have remembered their yes. names otherwise. Thank you. I'm, I'm I appreciate your service. Yeah. Um, they're just as goofy too, man. Yeah. Like, Dern doesn't really say a whole lot. Syakim is pretty badass. And then you got Lavalox, who... Um, yeah, he's like the like crazy painted Kosian, or the crazy colored Kosian. Yeah. And he's just like, <clears throat> ah, boom, ah, like he It's almost like he speaks in, like sound effects <laughs> uh, yeah his tongue's always sticking out of his mouth yeah he got a cape yeah he's definitely like i would say like the most punk rock out of all of them <laughs> uh but like definitely doesn't use words well or often he's like he's like if the ultimate warrior from 1988 on all the cocaine was in star wars there you go that's pretty there good yeah that's, and he's yeah. like he's like the pilot guy and then what do you say asaya keen is like she's like a young like she's almost like a good like she ends up being buddies with uh uh with Sav mm-hmm. as she like integrates into the crew and she's like the one who's like, Well, this is what we do, this is who this is and don't worry about him. Da 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 she's, she's like the other young kid. Um who's like a what is she, Zabrak? And yeah. then uh uh Dern is um He's the guy with the cloak who just appears everywhere, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's like um What's this be? He's like Plagueis. What's this? He's immune, right? Oh, he's a, is he? I thought he was a Duros, but I can't tell. Yeah, you're right. No, uh, I think I, I think he's um, I think he's immune because unless Duros are all come in different colors, but he's like pale. He mm-hmm. looks more immune to me, but I, gotcha. I, I could be wrong. I could be. Wrong. He, you he, could he be right. Have, hey. He doesn't have Duros. He doesn't have Duros eyes. Yeah, they're not red, huh? And I love me some Duros eyes. Those sexy eyes. All right, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna find the answer while you're talking. Dern, right. boom. You ready? Here Let's we go. Hear. Survey says. <laughs> Survey says nothing. Species, Moon. You are correct, you sir. Go. Yeah, All you're right. right. He's got that Moon forehead, man. I should have seen it. He got a seven head. Yeah, yeah. Four times, four times, forehead. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So they're, uh, and their whole thing is they like, they kidnap Maz. And then that's when. Uh, Sav decides to go with them. But before, when she's running with Maz's people, Maz's people, whose names I all forgot already, um, there is a, like, Therm Scissor Punch is one of them, which also is like, okay, now we know that Therm Scissor Punch is also a thousand or whatever. Although I think he says at one point, when they're like, oh, good job, old man, and he's like, I'm a teenager, but okay. (laughs) He's a teenager with a Tom Selleck mustache. Yeah. Your boy. And so Dexter Jester's got a pretty good mustache on him in this. I mean, he always yeah. had a good one, but it's just so <clears> much <throat> more pronounced because it's less salt and pepper. He got that duster. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, so you got Dexter Jetster on Maz's crew. You got Sav. You got Therm Scissor Punch. You have, what's his name? A- Ajax? Alox? Alak. And he's like a half spider, half dude who's this ex-cult of weird assassins persons people. Who left because he wanted to save his daughter, whose name is Quiet Shan? Quiet Shin? Quiet Shan. That sounds right. Yeah. And then, like, the, like, like uh, Sav gets the stories kind of told to her throughout as she's, like, meeting everybody. And she's like, oh, don't worry about him. 
he actually returned. Da, da, da. He used to be part of these assassins, but blah, blah, blah. he left the thing. He had a baby. Then he returned and killed everybody and took the baby. That's why those assassins don't exist anymore. You know. And then you have a. Uh, let's see. Is it Raph Thatchburn? Is that the person? Is that the. Uh... Yeah. Raph Thatchburn is an inspector who's like hunting down the pirates. Yeah. He's, and... he's like a cop. Yeah. And he's, like, on their trail. And so, like, they don't want him on the trail. But Alak is secretly in love with him and keeps, like, dropping clues. Like, oh, we should tell them that these guys... Because, like, he's also, like, they should go get the Dankraks because they're, like, doing bad stuff and kidnapping people and all this. We're just trying to help Maz. So, like, they're, like, the good pirate. Like, at the beginning, uh, the inspector gets in a fight at Maz's castle. So Maz kicks him out. <laughs> and he's got, like, a little Corellian hound to help him and stuff. Like, at one point... Uh, Sav, the Corellian Hound comes, and so she's like, oh no, he knows. And so she, like, gives, like, she has the Corellian Hound take her lightsabers back to him to be like, don't break my cover. You know, and he, like, kind of gets it. And it's also, like, a very important story point for him to hear where he's like, wait, they trust me this much, this Jedi trust me this much with her lightsabers to, like, give me, what have I done to earn this trust? What, what, what actions could I have taken? Nope, I, I have not. Like so, he then he starts trying to like really help them out and do their things to earn their trust that he feels that he was given unjustly. It's very cute. It, stuff like it that. was it was a gift, freely given. There you go. You will. Oh, there you go, dude. Therm scissor punch. Uh, uh, what's your what's your therm scissor punch history? Like, did you collect the card at Denny's? Like, what are, what are we talking here, Rick? You know what? The promotion for. Solo was so bad, I didn't even know that Denny's was even doing a thing. Okay. Like, I remember hearing about it, like, after the fact and being like, wait, I could have stole one of those menus and just, like, and had Darth Maul pancakes or whatever the hell they had on <laughs> their I don't even know what they had. Uh, I think it was um, the Afterburner Burger. And there it you was go. Like, yeah, it wasn't bad. Whatever it was. I don't even, that, that, that's how, like, little I knew about it at yeah. the time. Like, I know all about it now, or... Not all about it, but I knew hmm. you know enough about it now that it that it existed. But I remember when the first time hearing the name that uh, Therm Scissor Punch, uh, and just thinking like that's a name, and like instantly yeah. falling in love with it because it's dumb as hell. Yeah, and that's like, the kind of yeah. <laughs> and like in these these books are full of that, like just like punch you in the face, like oh yeah, like it's gonna be silly. Yeah, um, kind of stuff. Like and like what. We got one more member of the team that's still there. It's um, Coromont Vizzle, who is like a, like almost like a bombs expert. Okay. Um, that's the big blue dude. Uh-huh. Um, he looks like a fish. Like yeah. He, got, he looks like Edward G. Robinson, but he, like the Star He Wars looks version. like a fish in Fenrau's armor. There you go. Oh, I'm Coromont sorry. Vizzle. Fenrau's season four armor. <laughs> season four Star Wars <laughs> Rebels armor. Okay. How specific do I need to be? He's got too many armor. Not in his pilot armor. Yeah, Mega, Mega like, Man Fen Rao. <laughs> it, it, they, like, they make up that like quintessential comic book team of like, there's the big muscle, there's the smart one, there's right, right. the spy, you know, there's all like mm -hmm. the other kind of character. And then Sob Mulligan comes in with her big ass hat and like, I'm going to sneak around with you guys with my giant sombrero and ain't nothing you can do about it. And Moss mm -hmm. is like, okay, I guess I'm on a board. Uh, my my favorite thing is that so she has like her giant like because she uh sav is a uh cayuso so you know just like uh ambo and 
trying mm. to think of other Kaiuzo. I mean, is in, is the dude on Jakku a, Kai, a Kyuzo too? Uh, the the toy. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, Zuvio. Zuvio. Is Constable Zuvio a Kyuzo, right? I think so. Okay, well, he's got the same hat. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so like Constable Zuvio and his cousins or whoever are on that planet with him, those are all uh, Kyuzos. So Sav is a Kyuzo, and at, when she goes undercover with... Uh, she has the big round hat, but then when she goes undercover with the dank grax, she puts like a weird little cone head hat, a different hat. And I just like that she changes her undercover hat with her undercover persona. She's like, ah, dank grax. Even though like the Kaiuza hut, I don't think has anything to do with Jedi, but it's just cute that she changes hats. Yeah, they'll never wreck it. It's like when one of the Avengers just puts on a blank baseball cap in the middle of an airport. Mm hmm. We'll never know yeah. that that's Captain America under that hat. It's good times. Oh, uh, Coromont Vizzle, like your 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 fish dude. The one thing that you didn't mention that I love is he's like an ex-con, and but also he they like part of his release is that he has to like constantly he like has his parole officer with him constantly. Oh yeah, and like basically <laughs> it's this like that. little tiny dude who lives in his backpack. And every time he does something and breaks the law, he comes out and he's like, you have violated section 3.23 of the Galactic <laughs> International Law and whoa. But then apparently they're like, oh, my God, does he do that every time? And then they're like, well, what happens is he comes out to like give me crap. But uh, as soon as he realized that he's he is like an accessory to the crime that we're committing by not doing anything, he just goes back in and shuts up because then he's in trouble, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I just find that very funny and weird and odd and such a such a. <laughs> such a mood yeah he's almost like a little jiminy cricket but he's like god damn it yeah i'm part of the crime too uh and uh we didn't mention this but since i have the wiki open right now therm scissor punch's full government name thermonculus christentivolt scissor punch (laughs) (laughs) say that one more time thermonculus christentivolt no christentivolt scissor punch (laughs) Get it right, Sal. Yeah, excuse I, my apologies to Thermonculus. Yeah. Put, put some respect on that name. I will. Uh, and especially when I tell this story. So Thermonculus. Therm's like whole move is like, you know, at the very beginning, like one of the first things is like Therm scissor punch. You know, they tell so many stories about him. Like, you know, I don't know if they're true, but who cares? His name is scissor punch. And I'm like, that's exactly how I felt with. Uh, when I got my Denny's trading card of Therm Scissor Punch. Uh, but like later, he's having like a little crisis of uh, identity where he's like, it's like those stories aren't even true. Like, but people just believe them because my name is Therm Scissor Punch. But like, who, how could I even live up to a name like Therm Scissor Punch? And the little cop dude jumps off of the other guy's back and is like, look, none of us have ever questioned your awesomeness. Like, so who. Who doubts that you're Therm thumb- Scissor Punch? Who is it that's like talking all this crap? And he's like, Therm Scissor Punch. And he's like, so who's your greatest enemy? Therm Scissor Punch. He's like, so who is the person that you have to prove wrong to prove that you are worthy of the name Therm Scissor Punch? And he's like, Therm Scissor Punch. And then like a few pages later, it's like they're at the Battle of Jeddah. And he's like, I have to like live up to this name and he like enters the therm state and just like goes ham scissor punch on everybody and like destroys uh, all of the soldiers and path of the open hand and everybody that's fight. you know, 
Uh, and then it's so hilarious because that like like right after that, like the battle's done and he's just kind of like there, and like the path of the open hand, like a little person comes over, and they're like a gift freely given with a flower, and he just like snips it in two with his scissor hand, and the little baby starts crying. A little lobster claw. <laughs> and that's like the funniest thing to me for no real reason. <laughs> but it just like. Like how rad is that? Like what? Where did that come from, sir? <laughs> like who, hurt, who like, hurt you, Daniel Jose Older? Like the joke could have ended when he like lived up to the name, right? But we took that extra step into like I have no time for children. <laughs> <laughs> like like you know, it's it's a very much of that like Return of the Jedi energy, where the battle is ended, the rancor is crushed. Luke's so happy to get out of there. The door opens, people are assaulting him, but then we take an extra second to see this guy start crying and losing it for no reason. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like, wait, I'm sorry, what happened here? Oh, he's breaking down right now. <laughs> like, who are you and why is this movie about you for 10 seconds? But now all of us are like, yo, Malakili, that's my boy. You know what I mean? It's like little moments like that when Star Wars takes that extra <clears throat> step to do these like little side things. Um, I love that. And that kid, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if that kid pops up somewhere else as like. Well, I mean, he's a, a Nile kid. I, f I feel like that's what's his name. That's the Elder Tromac because he's a, a what is his the three eyed. He's a no. oh the Grand. That's yeah, right. he's a Grand. Oh, right. So I think it's him because we know he's there. We know like they're all there, and I know like the little kid that's a Grand is yeah is Tromac. Tromac. Yeah, they no, just didn't say his like, name. Wasn't he one of the kids that was laying bombs in? Um... Path of Vengeance, too? Yep. Oh. Sure was. Sure was. And we know, and he pops up in phase one of this very comic series. You know? He's one yeah, of... I, I'm, okay. I'm, yeah. So we just saw his villain origin story. <laughs> if only he had just accepted that flower. Why is he so mad at Jedi? Like, <clears throat> Therm had nothing to do with this. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. So Sayakim is the the dank grack, the little like uh, Zabrak that's like taking uh, Sav around when she's like over there with them, and she like she also is like, well, we have to like be careful. Da -da -da -da. We're all pirates, so we're all like bad. But like this is our spell. Like, but she also takes her to like this really here. You can like bunk with me, and she has like a little setup. It reminds me a little bit of Omega's setup and the gun port. She mm -hmm. sort of made a little room in the back of the ship. It's very much that energy, but over here, it's like the same idea. A big window in the ship, little stuff hanging around, and like, you know, little beds on the floor. And uh, I just thought that was cute. You know, and it's clear, like, later she's got a crush on, on Sav. Um, also cute. But, yeah. Oh, Savina, Sav's name is Savina Besatrix Malagan. So they all, oh yeah, I remember that part. She's getting yelled at by her master with like the super pompadour. I don't remember her master's name though. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, there's one part where she's like, she's having a flashback to when she's building her lightsaber and she's like, oh, this is like the coolest thing and like da, da 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 And like she just like builds it and ignites it right there and like her master's like, Savina Bessatrix Malagan, you have some respect for these weapons above. And she's like, oh, it's my lightsaber I'm supposed to like. So like her, and then uh, what ends up happening is, uh, she calls her like after like she doesn't want her master to know she's gone because she snuck out, joined one secret thing and then joined another secret thing. And now she knows she's going to be in trouble. So at the Battle of Jeddah, 
the whole crew is running on the Battle of Jeddah, where they find out that Maz isn't there, that the whole thing was just to lure them over there, while the dude Arkeek Vaughn and the Dankrax, Arkeek Vaughn and the Dankrax return to unattended uh, Takodana and took control of the castle. So now they're all like, oh crap, we got to go back to the castle and reclaim. Da, da, da. So that's when she calls. She's like, we need help. I have to call my master. I have to bite the bullet and get in trouble and let them know that they need to like. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Reclaim the help us reclaim the castle or whatever. So she calls her master, and her master's like, "We don't like. First of all, you're in trouble, and then second of all, we don't like get involved in pirate politics. You know, like this is not a job for Jedi. Like, but then when they end up, they end up there. They end up fighting at the castle, and then Jedi show up to help." And then she's like, I thought they weren't going to, like, come help us. And then they're like, well, the Jedi were, I was overruled by an elder member of the council. And before, before you say it, I just have to say this reveal, like, I remember thinking, like, way early on, like, hey, that dude looks like that dude. Yeah. And then forgot about it. And then this happened and I was like, no way. This is really cool. So go ahead, continue. Well, the, the reveal doesn't come to, like, the end of the series. So... At first, you're like, you're exactly, you're like, oh, that's the same species, <laughs> you know, when you first see the character. Anybody who is listening to this podcast and knows what the reveal is, is like, uh huh. And anybody who doesn't know what the reveal is, hanging on every word right now. <laughs> Until I, know, I say it, <laughs> everybody just fast forward it to like, oh, when are they going to get to the reveal? Like, <laughs> when are they going to say the it? When are they going to say it? So you like forget about it by the time you get to the actual reveal, because there's like not really any anything other than like oh okay like and so then the reveal is like i was overruled by an elder member of the council and lava locks the member of the dank grax that was very punk rock and crazy and speaks in like blah blah blah, 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 blah like we were talking about earlier who is a cozian steps forward and is like yes i am master terasanube and i have decided that like we needed to rescue maz and like help the people and blew like, my damn mind yeah he was like yeah i'm terrace and and i was like i'm a bitch yeah. i should have seen it <laughs> and then like sav was like oh, you saw like through me the whole time it's like yes i knew you were sav the whole time but like also i was even more undercover than you <laughs> and like it's just like funny little things like that uh yeah it was a you great reveal have- i'm terrace and you might not recognize me because of the green and purple paint and the yes. way that i speak <laughs> because yeah. of my overwhelming radness <laughs> at the moment um and like you know you know like you remember Terra Sanube from the clone wars out uh, Terra Sanube like cuz as soon as it happens i hear Terra Sanube's voice the whole comic i'm reading and it's like rah, boom boom i do that and then it's like that is right i have overridden like cuz Terra Sanube has a very like specific way of talking in that very old man energy like you know this is the guy who was like Slow down, Ahsoka Tano. Like, when you slow down, you can see things more clearly, or whatever. You know, so as soon as Terra Sanube makes the switch and is like, That's right, it was me who was undercover this whole time. And I understand. Yeah, he, 
This is 400 years ago. He doesn't talk like Caveman anymore. Yeah. Uh, loved it. And even like Sav is like, what? And that's uh, like, you know, the end of the comic. Sav's like, I can be a Padawan and a pirate. So she ends up being like Maz's homie still helping out and also like being a good Padawan. Uh, and the, But then it seems like her master got in trouble. It was like the master's going to go have like a leave and be leaving Takodana while considering her actions or whatever. Please, be, Beast, why are you outside? There's a hurricane. <laughs> well, I think her ma- her master, I think it was a little bit, some of that was self-imposed too of like, yeah. I kind of misjudged you. Mm-hmm. But also Terasunobe was like, sit down, take a seat. <laughs> take a seat, old yeah. pompadour. Take master. a seat. And, and, and then her master was like, I'm 46. <laughs> it was the opposite of like I was actually a teenager, but okay. Um, so yeah, I forgot she said she just like flat out says her age when Terrence Newby's talking. She's like, "I'm yeah. 36." That's right. Uh, so then, uh, but I love that like she's like, "Well, but what does that mean? Am I just gonna? My master is gone. Do I have to?" And Terrence Newby's like, "No, you can study with me." So I love the idea that like this kid who broke all the rules and went undercover, like, I don't know, say what you want about Tara Sanube, but I love Tara Sanube has this real, like, old man, but also, like, this crazy different energy of doing things in such a, like, fresh way that inspires as well as it teaches. Like, even in those Ahsoka Tano episodes, like, the gist is, like, stop chasing these things. Like, think things through. That's the lesson that Tara's trying to teach Ahsoka, right? <laughs> but, like... Yeah, it- the, way. the thing about Terasanubi is that he comes off like there's something more fun about him. Yeah. Like even in the during like the Clone Wars, you know that he's like, and we see it here, like he's done some crazy things mm-hmm. by way of helping people, where like he wasn't limited by you know anybody else's expectations of him. He was just like, I just got to do it. If I got to do this crazy voice to infiltrate this group, guess what? I'm gonna do that. Mm-hmm. And you see that in the Clone Wars, like there's just something in his eyes. That says like this is the guy that was willing to go there, yeah. To you know help all these other people out. You know what? For for f- like a little bit of that like mischievous Yoda energy, you know what I mean? Like right. That like a little bit like deceptive, a little bit mischievous, and a little bit of that like, hey, like I'm gonna teach you something in a very strange way, and you might not understand it till it's all done. But I think like that kind of stuff like makes a big impact. Like, and it's funny because I wonder. I don't, I, because that's such a mythic thing, right? That's what George Lucas was doing. Oh, he's like the, the the little demon or whatever, the little goblin that appears and you like, you know, in Beauty and the Beast and you like, oh, no, this is just a little useless thing. And then like, oh, no, that was really the master, a wizard or whatever. That's literally Yoda's inspiration. And Yoda is this sort of like archetype. But like Terra Sinube has that energy where like a lot of these Jedi, they don't, they don't read that way and they're not even like played that way like you know what i mean like i just like that i I love that they took that step and it's such a familiar thing but like i love that tara has that same sort of and it's like it's clear even in the clone wars like you see him training with children a lot so you know very much of a yoda type Mm. energy maybe all these high republic uh jedi sort of remember the the good old days yeah I, i had to look it up so Sav's master's name is Kaktorf, K-A-K-T-O-R-F. And uh, Kaktorf, like by descriptions, would be like if uh, Ruby Rod from the Fifth Element was 
yeah. a Jedi Master. That's the hair. That's the hair. Yeah. The, remember, I said crazy pompadour. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. And and I was I was saying she, but uh, Cat Torque is a male. I yeah. So pardon me. Oh right, yeah. Yeah. Wikipedia <clears throat> says pronouns he him. So I was like, all right, cool. cool. There all you right. go. Now we know. Yeah. Now we know. Yeah. Uh, the Dankrex, a really fun idea. Like they're all like semi kind of force sensitive, but not really like the Dern or whatever. Just like moves around in shadows. Uh, Arkeek is like an ex uh, sorcerer of Tune, so has slight, you know. So Sav fits right in there. Oh, uh, the 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 trials, dude. Do you remember the little trials <laughs> when they're like to join the Dankrex? You must complete the trials, and the like. The little girls like I am ninety nine percent sure you just made that up right now. Yeah, that whole group was just as hell, man. And like, in like you were talking about Dern, who just like he just pops up and is like, "Oh, what? The, how, where, did you, where did you come from?" And I, again, <laughs> I don't think he speaks at all. Yeah, it's I think like you're he's right. just like this, like he's like Lurch, mm-hmm. where he just shows. It's like if Geode like actually was a person and just showed up, but like right, funny right. in a different way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that scene with the yeah. trials. In fact, I, I think Dern is like the, uh, I think Dern's the person that kidnaps Maz. Like Maz is walking and she's like, where did this ugly curtain come from? Oh, and it's like his <laughs> big ass cloak, you know, because he's like standing right in front of her. And then they're like, Maz Kanata's been kidnapped. Oh, no. You know, uh, and I, there's a little bit of like, there's a lot of relationships in this book. And a lot of like, like, I think uh, it's Dexter Jetster and Maz. And they're like, wait, like, are you and Maz? Like, and they're like, well, it's not really like. She just makes me happy. She makes me smile. And we don't call it anything. We don't make it anything. But, like, I just like being around her. So I mm. try to come here every time I can and be around her. And then I think that comes up later when they're talking about uh, Alak and that inspector, Rav, Rev, Rav, uh, who's, like, the cop that's following them. Like, Alak, like, the the daughter, Quiet Shen, who doesn't really talk at all, like saves the inspector. I think Rav is his name again. Mm-hmm. And then like, he's like, why, why did you save me? Like, why, how could you, you don't even know. Uh, well, Raf, his name is Raf. And uh, she's like, you make Alak smile. You make him happy. Like, and it's funny. Cause like throughout the book, if you like look back, Alack a few times is like, well, we should inform the inspectors. Like, this is not enough. And then they're like, we're pirates. We don't need to talk to them. And then like three times he's like, well, let me contact Raph and like see if he knows any more intel. Like, why do you keep talking to the inspectors? So it's like clear that he wants to talk to Raph and Raph likes him as well. But it's like, and the daughter saves him because she's like, you make my dad happy. It's just. Yeah, it's, it's it's that whole cat and mouse between them. And even like mm-hmm. early on, like Alec, he's in that one. He's like in a room. And he's like, well, what do I do if I see him again? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Like, he's after us kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, obviously this crush, and he's super huge with, like, like small spider, spider legs. legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at the last issue, like, the last page of, of the last issue, and Therm Scissor Punch is wearing that cone hat. Yes. That Sof was wearing earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, it's like a little metal kind of like curved cone hat and it's like so funny when Sav puts it on when she goes undercover with the dank racks because I don't know why it's just comical to me um but then later when she like takes it off and like Therm reclaims himself he like takes the hat and he starts wearing it and that's when she starts wearing her 
when she leaves the dank racks and her cover's blown, she turns back and, you know, she takes her, her hat back. You know? So I just find yeah. it funny that he's like, well, I can use this. <laughs> uh, yeah, he looks goofy as hell. Yeah, yeah. That little hat, just I don't think anybody can pull it off. I'm not sure. I, no, yeah, no. I, mm. no. <laughs> look, <laughs> I agree. It, it, it makes Sav look 20 times more adorable. I'll give her that. Yeah. But And it makes Thurm look more... Yeah. <laughs> therm, thermoculus or whatever. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did you mean therm, Thermoculus... Crescentvolt the Scissor Punch. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we never forget that name from now on. When there, when the, from a certain point of view, solo book comes out in yeah. 2038, there better be like an origin of the name for Therm Scissor Punch. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be great. I can't wait. Although, yeah, let's not think about it too hard. But yes, I want more Therm Scissor Punch. Like, if this has taught me anything, it's what I already knew when I watched Solo that I didn't get enough Therm Scissor Punch. But uh, I'm glad that somebody somebody saw Therm Scissor Punch laying out there on the table. And I'm glad that DJ Elder was like, I'm going to pick this one up, too. Thank you. So, like, it, it makes me wonder, like, if in his downtime he's, like, a gardener and he uses, like, his lobster claw to, like, you know, trim the hedges. <laughs> to prune and shear. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, too, think that Thermonculus might make an excellent gardener. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's good it's so it's it's a cute story it rolls through a lot i mean we didn't talk about this much but it goes through the battle of Jeddah. they go to Jeddah and they're like oh we're like pirates and we're supposed to be like creating oh no because the dank Graks were contracted to like help with the fight and create havoc which mm. like as if we've read all the other stuff like we have we know that like that's right the uh path of the open hand and the uh you know whoever graph uh the guy whose name started with a t I don't remember. Two syllables. Somebody graph. One of the graphs was like hiring people and putting all this together to break up the peace talks so that they could steal all the crap that they wanted <laughs> to steal in the other comic series. Um, you know, but like they go through the battle. They're there in the thick of it. And I, I like it again. So you get to see the armies like all this time of all the you know, we got the George Mann audiobook, the Battle of Jeddah audio drama. Sorry. We got Cataclysm that touches on it a little bit we got a path of vengeance that goes into some of it but we've never we don't get to see it the way that we do here at least the soldiers because even in the uh high republic series they're on Jeddah the entire time but we sort of see from the jedi's point of view and they're like in these little spots but we don't see the armies so we see the like i really like the design of the the irem and the erono uh armies like their ships like the iram ships look like sharks you know like undersea creatures and their armor's all blue and then the irono people they look their armor's all red and red orange and their 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 ships look like scorpions you know i thought that was good yeah i just i'm sorry i was looking at the one of the issues of the books when he clips uh tromax flower <laughs> uh <laughs> and like tromax the way he's drawn like He's got like old man face on little baby body, and he's like a green three eyed gran. Uh-huh. And uh, you you hear uh, whomsoever makes little Tromac cry must receive the Barbatash smash, and it's like this big gigantic dude. And that's when Therm Scissor punches goes ham on everybody. Yeah, and knocks his big ass dude out. But like they're all fight like yeah the the Barbatash smash, and I think Barbatash is from something else. I just don't remember what. Uh. But like. 
He's fighting like Dexter Jetsters in that mix. Like they're all going yeah, off on this dude. <laughs> like they're all, they're in, all it. in it. He's he got some killer hair, man. My man's got some perfect. Yeah, yeah. He, he's very like lion lion energy. Yeah, good for him. You know, <clears throat> I, I don't remember what he's from though. Man, that would be. I wonder if he's. Okay. I don't want to. I don't know if I can look it up that fast. <laughs> I I did like that this story. Like didn't. Um, lean into heavily on everything else that was going on with phase two. Like mm-hmm. we have to go to Jeddah to go to XYZ and it's like, Oh snap, Mas Mas Kanata got kidnapped. We gotta go. So they're kinda in and out. Like they get into the fray real real thick, but Yeah. The Maz is more important than sticking around and doing all the other stuff that they gotta do. Um but she kind of employs that. So it's just like, yo, we gotta take care of the boss. Right, right. Yeah. And I but I also like that um like of all the stuff in phase two, like the Battle of Jeddah is very much like the focal point of almost all of these series. Like every, every, almost every piece of media touches on it. You know what I mean? Uh, like both comic series, you got the audio thing and then Path of it. So like it's a very big, even though like the Night of Sorrow stuff that comes next is like the ultimate culmination of phase two. Like the, the Battle of Jeddah is pretty cool. And I just love seeing it in color and with all the art and everything. Mm-hmm. You know. I think what what they did really well with phase 2 is like showed just how big the battle of Jeddah was by having a touch in all of these different stories because there's overlap but they're all like completely different. You know, there's all these different fights and battles that are happening on Jeddah, not to mention what's happening like way out in the deserts where the the big statues are and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That this book doesn't even touch on that. Like that's in the main comic. You know what I mean? So, um, but I, but again, I, I did like that this kind of like dipped in and dipped out. Yeah. Where it's like, we can't have kids fighting here. Cause like there's some gnarly stuff that happens during the battle of Jetta. Right, right, right. Oh, so check this out, dude. Uh, Barbatash was an elder of the path of the open hand. He was at the night of sorrow. He escaped the path in a shuttle. And later he was an elder on Trimant four, uh, Known as the Elders of the Path, those people descended from the Path. That's where Zine. That so he was on that planet where Zine came from. So, he's also like five hundred years old. Or something. Yeah. So him, like, no wonder he'd like. He's he's been watching over <laughs> over Tromac his whole life. <laughs> yeah. No wonder his you hair know? looks so good. He's had a lot of time to. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, what he's he's got to be middle aged right here. <laughs> you know. Now with now with that hair. It's not till way later, bro. Way later, when he, we'll see how he looks in a... I, I bet if we go back and dig towards volume one, he's got to be in the beginning, first couple issues of that comic. When the Nile come to Trimat 4. Yeah, it's, I mean, I haven't read those books in a while, man. Yeah, I want to go back and look through them, especially, like, because I know it's connected to, you know, Tromac and the Elders of... I, I forgot the name of the crew. Elders of the Path. Now that makes more sense. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we, we have uh, until November... For when phase three like officially kicks off mm-hmm. with the first George Mann book, so you know I'm, I'm gonna have to revisit those. I, those books, the first High Republic adventures, are probably like the one spot that I remember the least. Okay, like especially the early part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I remember all the stuff with with Zine and Port, you know, like yeah. some of the later stuff. But yeah. um, oh, I have I have to bring this up. Like, one of the things in the Tales of Light and Life with with Court when they're in the cafeteria 
um, and he like so like he doesn't speak a ton because mm-hmm. like he did, he doesn't speak basic very well. But apparently he's been practicing and he's really good at doing impersonations. <laughs> um, I don't want to say too much more than that, but like that scene kind of had me cracking up uh, in the Tales from Light Tales of Light and Life. So a little sizzle for when when people do get to read that book. But Quartz awesome in that story. Yeah. And it's only yeah. for a little bit, too. He's only in it for a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, there's one of the stories that's, you know, that he's in, you know. But, um, yeah, like, a Quartz one of my favorites. Like, he, I just think he looks awesome and, like, still looks pretty rad. And I'm waiting for Phase 3 comics. So it looks like it's Quart and Zine. And I'm like, rad. Like, on the cover of the first issue, they already, you know, they dropped the cover. It's SDCC or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so we got to see a little bit of the stuff coming up. Uh Along with, look, Jedi Master Keeve Trennis. And uh, what else have we seen? Yeah, some of the like book covers and stuff that they dropped look pretty cool so far. I don't know if I'm going to revisit a lot of Phase 1. Uh, a thing that I do recommend, though, is I picked up that Chronicles of the Jedi. And it sort of, it's a, it's a real good primer for mostly Phase 1. It has a little bit of Phase 2 in it as well. Um, but it's a pretty good overview of like the big events in Phase 1. So, because I was, it's got good art in it too, but I was going through it just because I, I liked it and I liked the art and stuff, but it's, it, it's like, if you don't have time to go back and read all 12 books or whatever, you know, maybe take a dig through that thing. It's got a, it's nice. It's pretty concise. You'll miss some of the finer points, but it, it's, it's a little, if you already read the books, especially, it's a pretty good primer mm-hmm. to get you ready for phase I, three. I feel the same way about, um, the timelines book ah, has, okay. All phase one broken down into little nuggets. Oh, that's cool. And uh, good for that team for however they formatted that because there's mm-hmm. a lot of like concurrent story arcs that happen. And like, so like there's a there's an actual line that runs through and it's got points on it. And then it'll break off to like five branches yeah. of all the stuff that's happening on Valo or, mm-hmm. you know, on Starlight or whatever. So that's rad. Uh, the, I don't, do you do the like short fiction stuff? Like those little, Stories that showed up in Insider, and then later they sort of package them up and put out a little hardcover. I was. I, I did all the all the Phase One books or mm-hmm. all the Phase One magazines, and then I got through maybe three or four of them for Phase Two. That all happened at um, at the one cantina, the one yeah, bar. Yeah. Uh, um, Enlightenment. I forget what it's called. Enlightenment. Enlightenment. Yeah, that's it. Tales from Yeah. So, and it's cool seeing Enlightenment in the main comic. And like yeah. the, the one bartender character that has a name that's similar to another character <laughs> that always confused me. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. Um, it's like, oh God, like the, the Jedi's name is now I can't remember either of the names, but yes, in audiobook format, they're very similar. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't remember what the hell it was. Um, yeah, I did do it like in a couple of those. It's like, I'll tell you stories if you buy me a drink yeah. kind of thing. And it's like, well, well, here's, here's one where we helped to do the blah, blah, blah. And this was, yeah. Kind of the thing, yeah. It's weird. like those stories are fun, but they, they, to me, they felt more um, connected with Phase Two from what I was reading since hmm, okay. since Enlightenment is on Jetta. Yeah. Where with Phase One, like a lot of the, that stuff happens on Starlight, but like the only connection that you have into the books is just the characters by name, like Pika mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, like that, whatever that couple's right. name Pika is. Pika and Joss, and then like the security right. person, I forgot their name. Like there's a, the Moncal security person and Velka Jahan, the, the other security person. I can't remember. 
there's like four characters that show up and then throughout you'll be like oh there's avar chris is in this one or oh this one has you know uh uh avar staros or whoever um i kind of felt the other way i felt like the the phase one ones connected more just because it was happening like during all the stuff that we were reading about um whereas tales of enlightenment it seems like like the stories they're telling all happened like way before but it is really cool to have it at that cantina especially the characters that are involved because it really makes me i really enjoy the having those characters around and there was a that's like a main character in uh the battle of jedda mm-hmm. thing so like i kind of enjoyed that and when i go do the battle of jedda i like feel a lot more connected to those characters yeah i, I think that maybe that's why i connected with the phase two stories more because mm-hmm. so much of it happens on jedda and it, it just it gave more color to the environment yeah where, for sure like you learn a lot like you don't have to read the phase one stories to know what Starlight Beacon is like because right. a fair amount of stuff happens there, and especially in the comics, there's a lot of Starlight Beacon yeah. stuff. So, but with phase two, since like Jetta's there, but this it just kind of adds more color to the tapestry of what Jetta was like. Yeah, yeah. Before you know what the battle was, before all that stuff happens. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. The uh, uh, I don't know if you heard the Phase Three ones. I believe they're going to be written by Lydia Kang, and they're going to be Tales from the Occlusion Zone. Yeah, which, yeah. If you're caught up on Phase Three, like that sounds very interesting <clears throat> to me. And I wonder what that's going to be like. Like it, it's hard to speculate because the Occlusion Zone is completely closed off yeah. to from the rest of the galaxy. So it's like it doesn't sound like they're going to be having some good times out there. Like it's right. like. Lydia King's writing stories about people who are like beat down and oppressed. Like I, that doesn't yeah. like have the same, you know, so she's, she's writing Dr. Afra and Deadpool. Like I, I, again, no, that's I, I can't imagine Wong, right? it's like, Oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Lydia King did uh, cataclysm. Um, yes. Okay. So that makes more sense to me. I, I apologize. Um, <laughs> because she, yeah, no, she can do all of that. Cause cataclysm, like if I ha- it, it's hard to pick favorites for phase two because I really liked I really I loved Cataclysm, I loved Path of Vengeance, mm-hmm. um, but like just thinking of like all of the technicalities that Lydia Kang had to put into that book, like just so right, many characters, right. there's so many environments, like all the wild like Yaddle stuff with the mm-hmm. little girl, like the under it 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 had it always like um. It always baffles me, and I'm always, uh, like, really appreciative of how much planning they put into all of this. They have to do all of this with multiple authors to write concurrent storylines without completely flubbing everything. Um, and what she did with that book, it's like, especially, like, trying to map in Convergence. Because she didn't write Convergence. You know, it was a writer Cordova yeah, wrote exactly. the first book. And it's just like, you hear the interviews, it's like, we didn't. Like we talked a little bit about like what character was like, but Sarita's like, I didn't know what she was going to write in that book. We didn't really talk about the planning. It was, mm-hmm. this is what you need to set up. And then this is what you need to conclude. And those books, they work well together, even though Convergence yeah. wasn't my favorite book of the phase. Um, like Cataclysm to me uplifts Convergence because they're so connected. Uh, you yeah, know there's I mean? it, that, that just, that's another example of how well thought out mm-hmm. and well done. Like, I don't know who to like, I mean, ob- obviously, they're both amazing authors who can do amazing things with characters. Mm. But, like, 
you know, I also give a lot of credit to like the Delray teams or the people like whoever decides like, hey, we want to do an Inquisitor story. We should call Delilah Dawson. Whomever makes these decisions like that's those are like, I think that's part of where the praise should be kept too. like, you know what I mean? Like having these the right artists chosen for the job, I think makes a difference and is why these things work so well. Like you have Zoraida who really create, you know, like Axel Greylark uh, is such a huge piece in those books, uh, Convergence and Cataclysm. That's right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Give myself 10 points for not saying Catalyst. Um, (laughs) And like the fact that one author can make it and pick it up and then the other author can take it and run with it. And like they both feel like the same character. And they both feel true and like, like the, the, you can read both of those books and they connect so very well. Like that's, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's like, that deserves applause, I think. And also the fact, like, I understand that it happens a lot in Star Wars, especially when you have like very well established, whatever legacy characters, you know, people write about Obi-Wan or Anakin or Han Solo or like, okay, like you also deserve credit for writing a familiar character. Because, but also when there's a character that has so much established, I feel like that's a lot, at least you have a lot more groundwork to work from than mm-hmm. like, oh, my name's Zoraida and I invented this thing. Here it is. Here's what I think about it. Go ahead. Take it wherever you want, <laughs> you know, and then for it to still feel like the same character, still feel true and to still like work together so well. I think like those, that's, those are, that's an amazing thing. And I think that those authors do really well in that. Yeah, and, and it doesn't happen, well, at least I, I don't think it did a lot in the EU where you look at all the different books that Yoda was in, and there were some times where Yoda and someone would Yoda and feel like Yoda, um, and that was a character that had, like, the foundations were laid in the movies, mm-hmm. and, you know, to have just a few characters, even um, uh, Chancellor Greylark, um, the way yeah. that she's written in both Absolutely. of those books, too, like, she goes through a massive change. Love Chancellor Greylark in yeah, con- um, ca- not Cataclysm. Yes, <laughs> yeah, she goes through a massive change, like her arc, and to have her character still feel feel as consistent in the second book uh, through most of that growth is like, you know, the total kudos to them. And yeah, and and again, wh- however Lydia Kang came into writing Star Wars. I don't know the origin story there for her, mm-hmm. but like, what a get. Because, like I said, Cataclysm is a phenomenal book. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like I said, like the artists, the people that they're choosing to to create these things, usually they, they like knock it out of the park. And like whoever, like I said, chooses these things for the team, like Mike Chen has been doing amazingly with Brotherhood. Uh, you know, you, you, you have people like Claudia Gray who have been knocking out of the park consistently, Kevin Scott, you know, all, all of these high Republic artists have consistently wrecked shop on everything they came to do. But then you have the stuff that's like, I don't want to call it disconnected, but is not quite like the same as a publishing initiative. Mm-hmm. So you have like, Hey, uh, d- you know, I keep bringing up Delilah Dawson, but that's cause I just read a book recently that was really good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Hey, do you want to do a book about an inquisitor? Yes, that's that makes sense to me. You should call Delilah Dawson because she crushed it in Phasma. That mm. I understand that. I understand how we got here. You know, like whoever's making those calls. You know, I don't know if that's like Tom Holler over at Del Rey or whoever on the Del Rey team, or if there's like story group people involved. But 
good job on getting the right artist, create the right thing for us. That's giving us consistently amazing content. Yeah. Whoever's doing the vetting for that is doing a great job. And, yeah. and now that we have the, from a certain point of view, return of the Jedi coming out to have in the, all three of these books have had new creators come in mm -hmm. again to find these people to like, you know, I think you'd be a good fit to write X character or this tone yeah. However, the you know they, they guide them through all of that because mm -hmm. I mean, you can you, you can totally pick the wrong author for some of these stories, right, and right. have it not work. But more often than not, they work really well. Yeah, absolutely, totally and completely agree. But yeah, this is a this is a great series. Like I said, I love DJ O's voice and writing and style. And this is something like so much. It's so fun. It's so enjoyable. There's so many colorful characters in it. Uh, and it's like, it's definitely something you can pick up from phase two that you don't have to read the rest of phase two for. <clears throat> uh, you know what I mean? Like if you, if you want to go that route, but it's just a lot of fun and it's really focused on the characters. So Sav Malagan is like the core character of the series. She's amazing. She is very enjoyable to watch an adventure and, it's so clear, like her, her voice and her point of view. And uh, I don't know that, I think that's like what makes this series so much fun for me. Yeah. That, that balancing act for her was, um, like I said, it was fun. It was funny. Mm -hmm. It was, and, and I have to say like the, the, the artistic style matches so well with the way DJ writes where something about it is like, it's like 10% cartoon and like 90% still like Star Wars. Right, right. You know, via w whichever artist is doing it because they switch midway. Um, it, it fits his writing style, which again, that's not, that's not something you get all the time mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. to have like a perfect pairing like that. So, yeah. I, and, I, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and for and if anybody listening to this, if you haven't read these books, like there's still a ton of stuff that we didn't get into that. The little jokes, the 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 way the battles are are handled, mm -hmm. the way you know Sa Sav like kind of meets everybody in the beginning and like establishes her relationship with everybody because she has to like because she's living that double double life. <laughs> um, like it's 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 well done. So like, there's a lot that you can still get from the series that we didn't even talk about. Absolutely, like, we just kind of went over some of the bullet points. Yeah, our, our description of this book is not going to be equal to your experience reading this book. Yeah, you know, it was a lot of fun. The, it's, it's great fun. It's super energetic. Uh, I, Harvey Tolley Bao is one of my favorite artists since he started doing High Republic Adventures. Mm. And like, um, he has like this way, like all that Therm Scissor Punch stuff we were talking, those are like the Tolley Bao splash pages that like go over the entire two page spread. Like, and it's so rad the way that he does that. He did it a lot in phase one, like, uh, you know, at a lot of these like very dramatic moments, you have these Jedi battle and all of this chaos happening or, you know, I, I, the one that comes to mind right now is the, uh, what was it? The great Jedi rumble race. And there's like 42 oh, yeah. Jedi like racing each other. And it's like this giant splash page of Jedi and Padawans flipping everywhere as they like race through Starlight Beacon. And it's hilarious and beautiful. Well, if you want like the most dramatic uh, tell about drawings, look at the free comic book day High Republic Adventures that came out this year. 
Oh, yeah, 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 I, gotcha. That, like, the end of that story, uh, hmm. I'm not going to spoil it, but, like, oh, the emotions of that and, like, how that's all... I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, it's chaos and it's beautiful. That's the only way I can describe it. Absolutely. Like, the way that th- those pages are, are drawn yeah. out. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, I can't wait till Phase 3 to catch up with some of those characters um, from phase from the Phase 1 uh, High Republic Adventures. A lot of questions. A lot of questions about yes, some of those people. Yes, definitely. You know, we're all wondering. We're all wondering who did this. <laughs> so I can't wait to see what's going on with that. Um, but all in all, like you were talking about phase two before. Uh, I think one of my biggest things on phase two that I've been saying is it started at like a slow burn, but it ends so bombastic. Like it builds so quickly and so fast that... Um, like almost all of the f- books in phase two have this point where you get to the point where you can't put it down, you know, 100%. And, and, and it, it, it's, it's pretty fairly consistent. Whereas I would say in phase one of the high Republic, like it's almost like phase one starts off bombastic and then you're dealing with things that happen throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in this phase, things sort of start off slow, but then they hit in such a dramatic way that it, it's like, un- you can't take your eyes off of whatever it is. Comic book, audio drama Um, yeah it's like everything that happens in the first wave of phase two happens almost in its own kind of isolation Mm -hmm. until it's like all of these little wicks are lit all these little fuses are lit yeah until you know the 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 powder keg of of jetta blows up and then everything branches off from that afterwards like yeah the, the second wave of phase two has been some of my favorite stuff to come out in, yeah, in a while so. for sure Good for stuff. sure uh let's see once again yeah phase three is coming soon can't wait to see how the, all that stuff connects especially now that phase two is done so i already have like my connections to phase one so now i'm waiting to see if they drop any more little secrets like i'm still you know my my one chief mystery is trying to figure out who that person is with yoda at the end of midnight horizon i know dude like so, every every you know. i think every book that i read in phase two i was like is it is that the one is it this dude is it that girl like because there's a little yeah. bit of a description and Yoda says to know our future we have to go back into yeah. our past. Who, who so, is it? Sal. Yeah. Who's the one? I've said well I don't you've probably heard my guesses. I have 3 guesses. One of them might be unreasonable depending on lifespan. But uh I now have 3 guesses. Um one I think Yana. Ooh, Two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if I can figure out a way, because apparently he's human, but what if it's, I, I don't know how or why or if a human has the kind of lifespan to be around 150 years later, but I also think, that, oh, uh, Aslan Rel. That's the one. Yeah, I was trying to remember his name. And then, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that, that might be my guess. And then my last guess would be, uh, <laughs> it's still Elder Tromac, but he got messed up. <laughs> now he's just covered up. Those I are mean, my three guesses. There's an outsider chance that it could be Therm Scissor Punch. But, right. you know, it's it, it's on They didn't describe the hat. So I'm, I'm leaving Therm Scissor Punch out. <laughs> if they were like a bandaged, a formless figure with a cloak and a pointy, bendy metal hat. <laughs> Who's singing Shri Karai Karai? Mm-hmm. That, uh... Oh, I can't oh, remember yeah. the name of that. They never named. They just keep saying, oh, the old at the... 
Jedi da 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 at the temple that used to it, sing it was that like every our, night. Yeah, the caretaker used to sing yeah. the song to her. And it comes up for, again, little sizzle. It comes up in Tales from Light and Life. Yeah, it does. Tales of Light and Life. Yeah, it does. And uh, I remember hearing it there, and I was like, going to "Here we go! It's never going away." All right, uh, Rick, appreciate you. Thank you for joining me, weathering oh, the yeah. storm with me as it was. Uh, Listen, it, it was it was nice to visit Camino for a little while. There you go. Yeah, a little bit of soft jazz thoughts. Uh, you know. High Republic thoughts, deep thoughts on the High Republic with Rick and Sal. <laughs> uh, you know, any last thoughts? Any you, you all ready? You all packed up and ready for phase three? Yeah. A hundred percent, man. And, and, and I have to say, like, I know, like, things are weird in the creative space for Star Wars because of strikes. Mm-hmm. And I know where we both stand on that. And you and I and a few others have always loved and appreciated what happens in the book space so to have this right now is a blessing Mm -hmm. talk about stuff that happens on the page when even though there is a new show coming out and i think we both discussed that like we're not going to be covering it in real time Mm -hmm. um because you know out of respect for those that are striking but um the books are always there and there's so much fantastic stuff and i'm glad that i get the opportunity to talk about this stuff with you and some of the other people in the book space, because not everybody has the time to read the books. And yeah. <clears throat> it's uh, there's a lot of cool stuff. So like for anybody, mm-hmm. if you're on the fence about reading books, you know, there are points in the High Republic where it's, it's better to jump in than others. But most Star Wars books you can read on their own. Right, right. And, and just kind of figure out what's going on. Yeah. Without, you know, there's enough context in them to kind of tell you what where they are as far as timeline goes, where you're not too confused. But... These books are so rich. There's so many talented people that are doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we had a chance to talk about some fun comics tonight. Yeah. And even, like, most importantly, they're just fun. So if you're Hell just yeah. on the fence and just want to enjoy something that you haven't enjoyed, pick up a comic book, dude. Get a library card. Go wherever you go. Pick up a couple graphic novels. See if any of them strike your fancy. You know? If I had to recommend any, I would say for sure pick up some Dr. Afras. Pick up any Hell High yeah. Republic. You know, pick up, uh, let's see, what else? I, what else can I think of? There's 72 Darth Vader series, so if you're into that, there's plenty out there for you. But I would specifically recommend, like, pick up, uh, you know, what what is it, uh, Shattered Empire? That's a good time. Shattered um, Empire, the Charles Soul Vader run, uh, the Kanan comic that you that yeah. you covered a few weeks ago. Kanan, um, for sure. Uh, any of those five-issue miniseries that they started off the relaunch of Star Wars comics with? It was like Leia, yeah. Mace, Chewbacca... I would say Leia, um, most important. Like, Leia's might be my favorite one of that one. Yeah, uh, that, that's a good run. Yeah, and uh, I really like that Han Solo Imperial Cadet. That was really good, too. Oh, yeah, man. That I was a good one. About that book. Yeah, man, I just thought about that. I'm gonna you know, I like, my, you know I like my cadet uniforms. Hell, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's plenty out there. And there's just, like, it's all so well. Like, if you're into Jedi stuff, man, pick up some, some higher publics out there for you. You like smugglers? Pick up someone Han Solo in it. Or Lando. Lando's got like two series out there. Um, you into like the more army stuff? Pick up like Phasma or anything Imperial or Darth Vader. You know what I mean? Like you, you it's almost like there's something out there for everybody. Mm-hmm. Almost. You want to see your favorite uh, people? Go pick up any Star Wars mini. And all you got to do is figure out where it is and you'll be fine. Just be like, oh, this one's between Star Wars and Empire. Got it. Oh, this one's between Empire and Jedi. Got it. So you'll be fine. 
Uh, Would you like a little bit of horror in your Star Wars? Pick up the dark droid stuff that's happening right now. Oh, that's good times right there. I just started that, and I am interested. It's it's like, well, I mean, we're only, what, like two issues into a crossover? Three, maybe? Yeah. But it's, it's, it's turning out to be very fun so far, and I didn't know what to expect exactly. And if you want little teases on any of the stuff that's happening in the comic books, go to Broaxium, look up the quick shots. You might see a familiar face like mine talking about some of these books. We don't spoil anything. We just give little snippets and previews, quick shots for, for Broaxium over on the YouTube channel. Right on, right on. You want to see Luke Skywalker with the yellow lightsaber? Go pick up Star Wars right now. Uh, let's see what else I got here. Yeah, I guess that's about it. You know, you can check us out at theroguerebels.com for all things Rogue Rebels on all socials, even those weird ones that are popping up every now and then, at the Rogue Rebels, except for the artist formerly known as Twitter, where we are, Rogue Rebels fan. Uh, <laughs> that might not be around soon. But anyway, uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Make sure you give us five stars or whatever, wherever. Hey, I think we're on Amazon now. So, hey, you I'm know, gonna... there goes that. Yay, <clears throat> Amazon, I guess. Uh, okay. Jeff Bezos needs your money. I guess so. But here's the trick. I don't have any. Wait, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't affect him at all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, wherever you listen, chances are we're there. Thank you for listening. Uh, and we'll be covering other stuff soon. That is probably going to be print content. Uh, or animation, because somebody's saying that animation is not covered under the, uh, struck content. So we'll see. We'll see. But mm -hmm. I might stick to the page. Just because, uh, out of respect and solidarity for my fellow artists out there who create all those things we've known and love our entire lives. Give these people money. Dank Grax for life. The fate this podcast is over. All Jedi. For control of the Force itself. <laughs>